Stephanie. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real treat to have this opportunity. Wonderful, wonderful, Stephanie. So, Stephanie, for our viewers that may not be as familiar with you as I am, would you please uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? Sure, sure. Uh, well, I've worked for Kaiser Permanente, which is really the largest integrated not-for-profit health plan and care delivery system in the U.S. for just over 20 years now. I just had my 20-year anniversary. I can't believe it's been Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And really, throughout my time at KP, as we lovingly refer to the organization internally, I've had a number of roles in my time, but all of them have really centered across the intersection of strategy, product, and, and marketing. And prior to my time at Kaiser Permanente, I had a couple of positions with smaller tech services firms in business development and marketing. I have my MBA from the University of Michigan, Go Blue. And I started off my career actually here in DC in lobbying and government relations because I was really initially interested in how the intersection of business and government came together in a, in a federal policy perspective. But in my current role with Kaiser Permanente, I am in the Mid-Atlantic region and I have accountability essentially for three areas. The first is our portfolio of health plan um, products and ancillary services that we offer to the market. The second area that I'm accountable for is strategic market planning. So that includes uh, a lot of analytics around our market, our competitive position, our membership performance, keeping track of the competitors in the market and using all of that information to put together uh, growth plans to grow in, in our market from both a line of business perspective and a geographic perspective. And the third area of my accountability, which also, of course, feeds into our growth strategies, is our market research portfolio. That's a very accomplished and well-rounded out background, Stephanie. So, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you, mu you must be very proud of your achievements. I, I am, yes. I, <laughs> I've had a great opportunity to just do a tremendous number of exciting you know, product launches and creating and building functions and teams. And so it's been, it's been re really rewarding to see uh, and really the growth that we've seen in the Mid-Atlantic market the last five, 10 years. Wonderful. So Stephanie, in your current role, when your leadership, when your CEO comes to you and says, great job, what are they typically expecting from you or what are they counting on you for? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. So the, really the, the quick short answer would, would be growth, <laughs> but, but to provide a little bit more context to that, um, you know, Kaiser Permanente being a nonprofit is, is very different. And so, you know, we're not trying to satisfy shareholders, you know, by, by growing. Really for us, it's about delivering on our mission, which is to improve the health of our members and the communities that we serve. So the more people that we can bring into our system, we believe that they will be healthier, live longer lives. And that's really how we deliver on our, our mission and why growth is so important. Um, but I'm not in a uh, market facing role. And so I would say that our leadership is really counting on me for a couple of things. Um, one would be to bring a really deep understanding of the market, our customers, the trends, our membership performance, and bringing with that a perspective and how all of that information impacts the business from both a short and a long-term perspective. And really, I like to think about it as 
you know, helping to frame up what do we need to care about and, and what's just noise, helping to you know, really sift through all of that kind of information. The second thing I would say that the leadership counts on me for is then to take that information and then to really bring clear prioritization. You know, where are our opportunities for growth? Bringing together those sound business cases to capitalize on those opportunities and really putting together the plans and executing on the plans to accomplish those, those growth objectives. And thirdly, I would say, uh, I really am, uh, counted on to essentially build and sustain, I would say, a continuous innovation culture that really enables us to bring you know, new products, new ideas, new ways to drive growth uh, into the market. But it's really that that culture aspect that that has been um, emphasized over the last couple of years. Excellent, excellent. So, Stephanie, thank you for sharing that. So, in your role, when you're focused on you know, helping the company innovate uh, when you're focused on growth. How, how do you help your internal teams and your internal stakeholders um, optimize the, the customer's experience? How do, you, how do you do your magic when it comes to innovation and growth? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. Um, I think it starts with understanding the market and really bringing that voice of the customer and, and listening to the customer. And we do that in, in a number of ways. And so that, that's number one. I think number two would be, it's really important to get buy-in. So building relationships and helping frame up the opportunities, understanding where different people are in the organization, what their priorities are and how they all dovetail together, I think would be the other key piece. So it's that's the way I see it is what, what does the market need and want? What can we deliver? And then how do we align internally uh, by you know, working on relationships and collaborating across the enterprise, connecting those dots? You know, that is such a, that is such a wise and an astute point, uh, Stephanie, that you've raised, uh, because this is something um, I often see um, others struggle with mm -hmm. internally, you know, when we're working with, with different clients, um, building relationships, getting buy-in is mm -hmm. so, so critical, as you know. And I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times, especially in the insights, in the research worlds, uh, one common complaint that I hear from even very seasoned uh, researchers talk about is, you know, we do all this work in really helping the organization get these great insights mm -hmm. and then they don't get acted upon mm -hmm. you don't get implemented they just go sit on somebody's desk and i you know our counsel to our clients is similar to what you just said is which is you know focus on the relationship part mm -hmm. focus on getting that buy in before the project begins not after because mm -hmm. if you have that buy in early on uh, and there are ways to get that buy-in, as you know, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but if you can achieve that buy-in earlier on, uh, it's much more smooth sailing. You know, as they say, if you want to go fast, go alone. Yeah. If you want to go further, yes. then go with a team. Yes, yes, to to totally agree. I, I think there's there's two, two points that I wanted to follow on or build on there. 
I think one lesson that we learned a couple of years ago when we were moving really the fastest that I've ever seen us move to capitalize on a disruption that happened in, in the pandemic times, instead of doing the uh, typical, you know, bring a hundred people together and have that, you know, kickoff, like massive kickoff, um, we met individually and just really connected one-on-one -on -one with different functional leads to talk about the why, to hear their questions, hear their concerns. And I really think that was far more effective. You know, there wasn't an opportunity to multitask. Like everyone, you know, it was engaged conversations, allowing them to ask their questions and get, you know, get them excited about what we were accomplishing as we were asking them to do something in an unprecedented period of time, you know, on top of their day job. So that that's really one key lesson that we learned a couple of years ago that we've taken to heart and, and are adopting going forward. And the other piece I would say to your point is that it's really important. So yes, building those relationships is foundational and doing it ahead of time, but also for the insights teams to really understand the business. I know it's, it's a little challenging when you're not doing those jobs day to day, but the more the insights teams can understand the business, and that's really one of my day-to-day uh, actions or things that I focus on is connecting those dots. So is the research connected to the business priorities? And is it aligned in a time frame when the insights are kind of come back when decisions are being made? So I think that's another way to really um, connect those dots and, and avoid having the, the findings just you know, sit, sit on the shelf. Absolutely, absolutely, Stephanie. This is so key. Uh, and I'm really glad that you've, you've brought this up because this is part of the guidance and the counseling we often have to give clients and, uh, and I'm really glad that you're talking about this so that our viewers can also benefit from this. Um, one other point that I want to add that I think is important is on what you just said is, you know, tying in the business impact, mm -hmm. um, you know, helping people see how this work can, can move the needle. Right. In fact, we, uh, you know, that is right in sync with our thinking as well, uh, Stephanie, where what we guide our clients is to do two things focus on the business impact in fact convert that business impact into a financial impact mm -hmm. for the business mm -hmm. so you know going through these layers of okay if we do this then this increases customer loyalty okay great well what happens if it increases customer loyalty well if customer loyalty goes up by x well maybe we can expect less of a churn well, if there's less of a churn, what does that mean? So, you know, just helping people yep. take it down to that level of, well, there's less churn, we're losing X percent less. That means X percent more revenue or X percent less loss in revenue. So now there's a dollar impact. There's a financial impact. And the second thing that I, you know, that we always guide our clients on, Stephanie, is uh, talk about the personal impact as well. You know, understand the personal impact that this work will be having on each stakeholder. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. something that you and your teams are doing, uh, and by you, I mean all our viewers, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're doing something that's impacting some other team member or some other department or, or colleague, you know, focus on how is this going to impact their, them, you know, it, does this reduce their workload? Does it add to their workload? Does it help them get a promotion? You know, 
I mean, business yes. is all human, right? right. And, right? And so if you do that, what I have seen happen, it's, it's, this has been my experience all throughout with different clients is um, all of a sudden the naysayers become advocates mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they are the ones rooting for the project. Mm-hmm. They are the ones rooting for your success. And then, especially in the insights world, when the, the insights do come out, I mean, people run with that. They don't get to then sit on someone's desk. Then people are falling over each other on, hey, why aren't we implementing this? Because mm-hmm. they have a, they understand the financial and they understand the, how it impacts them personally. So, so thank you so much for bringing up those points. I think, sure. I think they're really valuable. Yeah, great, great. So Stephanie, moving on then, in your role, when you're helping your stakeholders better understand the customer, from a customer journey mapping, a customer journey standpoint, can you talk a little bit about the the last time you did a customer journey project? What was the what was the impetus for doing that work? Mm-hmm. And if you can talk a little bit about you know how you went about it, um, that would be really helpful. Sure. Yeah. This it's a very timely very timely question because we we just completed a fairly major and very impactful project. So I'm excited to talk a bit about it. Um, so to start off with some of that background and context, the, the why and what led up to it, about a year ago, we went through a process to refresh our strategic growth plan for, for our market. And in the process of developing that plan, we tested a, a number of different ideas. And one of the ideas that we tested was a product that we actually already have in the market, but for a variety of business reasons, we had, um, it's only in the market in sort of a, a limited way. It's been successful where it's where it's available, but we had reasons for why we, we introduced it where, where we did. So when the, when the research came back testing that concept, it was very favorable, both with our prospective um, business to business um, customers and the business to consumer um, perspective as well. So we we're very excited to see how well that concept was going to resonate in the market. And so it made us think about, well, where where else might we deploy and, le- and leverage that product? Because it, it seems to provide a, a tremendous opportunity for us. And so with that background, then we started to think about, okay, well, as we're thinking about broadening the the application of this product, that means more volume, more scale. And so in thinking about scaling, we wanted to get an understanding of how the product was performing and just essentially make sure nothing was going to break if we scaled up the volume. And so how we approached that was we, we, did, we did a very deep dive into product performance, member satisfaction, member experience, and we had a couple of components to that work. We started with um, a deep dive data assessment of data that we have you know, internally. So looking at things like the demographics of the members who are enrolled, what services were they using, where do they live? Uh, were, they, were they generating um, extra grievances or appeals? Were they terminating? So just trying to get a sense of all of the administrative data points that we could put our hands on to get a perspective around how the product was performing. I think the, the good news was that there wasn't anything that popped, like, hmm, there's a major you know, member experience kind of concern coming through that data, but we wanted to make sure that we weren't missing anything. 
and, and we wanted to directly bring in the voice of the customer. So we did a two-part research study, which included both a, a quantitative survey and a set of, of focus groups. And really that was all intended to hear more directly from, from the members, the voice of the customer, how well did they understand the product? Um, uh, how satisfied are they with, with the product, with Kaiser Permanente? Were there any pain points in the various um, aspects of their experience in which they were, were encountering uh, and, and using the product, whether that would be billing or that would be point of care, you know, some of those different aspects of the experience. And so that was um, that, that was the that was the why, and that was the, the what we did, and it was tr tremendously tremendously valuable. Which is probably going to be your, your next question: is <laughs> what, what what did you learn, and how are you using that? No, you know, I think the approach that you took was spot on, and I think um, you know, for our viewers, that is something I would like them to focus on. Is it wasn't just qual; it was a mixture of quant as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is the right way to do this. So, so I think that was great. Thank you for sharing that. But yes, I, I'm very eager to understand, you know, <laughs> what was the impact of this? What was the result for your organization? Sure. Yeah, there's just a lot of tremendous um, results that are coming out of this, out of this work. So I'll, I'll highlight um, a few of them. Um, so one of the things that we found in the research is that members in this particular product call our member services a lot. And while, while they are not dissatisfied with those calls, that wasn't creating you know, a, a negative experience, back to the point about thinking about scaling <laughs> over, over time, that's something that we wanted to be mindful of. And, and I'm sure that it would be, you know, it'd be easier for members if they could get the information that they need in, in a more self-service manner. And so that was insightful because it validated an investment that we were planning to make to automate certain aspects of information that our members need to have, which currently the only way they have to get it is, is to call. So that, that was a, a great um, validation of that um, technological investment that, that we are planning to make, number one. I think number two, um, the insights are informing changes that we're thinking about making for how we onboard members, because what we learned is we give them a lot of information upfront, but then by the time they actually might interact with us or use the product, all of that is way in the rear view, in the rear view mirror. And so thinking about how do we change that onboarding, change our member engagement tools a bit so that it better aligns with their journeys and how they are using the product. And so they get the right information at the right time when they need it in an easy fashion. So that's work that's being thought through now is how do we make those tweaks? What will make that a better experience? So I think that was um, really useful to, to learn as well. Um, another piece of information that we gleaned was really about the value proposition of the product. So we, we had, um, hypotheses, theories, expectations for when we originally launched it and sort of the course of going through this, this work really validated a key aspect of what we think is the true value of the product. And it's not necessarily different from what we thought before, but there was some solidification, if you will, of that value proposition and some new insights of how we can adopt our marketing messages to, to make it more resonant as we're thinking about, again, bringing it to more segments, scaling it up and bringing it more into the market. 
So that was another key area. <laughs> uh, I have a few, few more, and then uh, you may have some, some follow-on questions. I think another, another key piece that was super fascinating, back to our sort of theory about how the product would play in our portfolio, I think we initially thought it could play a role as like an entry, and then people might migrate to a different product over time. But what we found with the research is that that really wasn't the case, that you know, members enrolling in this product liked that product. They had no intention of moving to a different product. And so that was super helpful to think about, you know, cannibalization in the future or revenue, you know, just thinking through how we might forecast enrollment in different products in the future, just sort of understanding the mindset of the consumer and what might make them switch or not switch or the likelihood that was also um, really, really helpful information to have. And I think then the last but not least is that Overall, so our region, I think, was was a bit ahead of other Kaiser Permanente markets and having this product in the market and, and studying it and learning from it. And so all of these insights are now being shared across our enterprise as, as other markets outside of ours are also considering whether to bring this product to their market. So it's it can help kind of propel their plans uh, more quickly, given that we've now put all these pieces together. So influence internally has, has also been a key outcome of, of the research. So as you can tell, I'm super proud of this work. It's been just a terrific, um, it was a key priority and just really very impactful results coming out of the work. That's uh, wonderful, Stephanie. And I'm really glad that you got uh, a lot of these benefits from this effort. You know, that's that's how I feel about these customer journey projects. They they can almost be the gift that continue that, that keeps on giving. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I think you're experiencing that. So I'm really glad that you and your team uh, were able to successfully execute this work. Uh, one experience shared that I will share with you as well as our viewers also is. With journey work, we often see that there are these rich benefits that come out of this work, but something that we don't see a lot of companies do and that we always recommend that people do is once the results are out and you've, you've acted on them, you've implemented them, you've shared them, then there is also this opportunity or this door that opens on continuously tracking yes. on these improvements. Mm -hmm. And and that is some place where I feel sometimes companies lose sight of or don't focus as mm -hmm. much on. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, you know, the journey maps are almost like treasure maps, right? <laughs> they help you get to the treasure, but then you also have to make sure that you get the treasure out mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. and you can leverage it to the fullest. And so for all those out there that are, in a similar situation as you, Stephanie, mm -hmm. my my guidance would be to also track on these benefits, track on the improvement efforts to make sure that they stay on track for a long time. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. I think the importance of setting the key metrics or objectives that you intend to monitor that will essentially know, help you know if you're on track or off track with, with your goals and objectives, I think is, is really key and determining what's that right cadence or frequency to, so I'm sure we'll do a refresh of this member satisfaction work at some point. Is it a year or two years from now? That's something we need to, to work out, but, but agreed. And, and as we implement all of these different changes, we'll want to know that they are having, having an effect. So there will need to be some uh, follow-on work to assess that in the, in the future. 
Wonderful. So, Stephanie, I know we're almost at the end of our time, but I wanted to ask you one final question. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it sounds like this project was a big success. You hit it out of the park. Um, but knowing you, I also know that there's you're always looking at ways to improve things. Yes. So in hindsight now, if you could turn the clock back, or if you had to do this project all over again, is there anything that you would do different? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And you're, you're right. I am a person who is constantly striving for, for improvement and, and doing better the next time. This, I think there's maybe a couple of points that I would highlight and actually connecting back to something I said earlier when we were talking and there were some, so this particular product had some complexities around, as I mentioned, the way we initially launched it. And I think that that flowed into the research in some ways. So the way we were trying to segment the results and the groups that we were comparing against, it just got a little complicated and a little complex. And so some of the, some of the findings were a little bit more difficult to digest uh, from that perspective. And so, you know, through this work, my product leader was working very much hand in hand with our insights uh, leader who was assigned to this work. Um, But the point I made earlier about the more the insights folks can understand about the the nuances of the business, I think the the more um, effective the research can be designed and 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 um, collated at the end at the end, if you will. And I think sort of related to that is it did take us a bit of time to really sort through that that um, those insights and those findings because of some of those nuances. So that I would love to have <laughs> disseminated those insights faster. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, thank you for sharing that, uh, Stephanie. I think uh, I think that is a wonderful experience shared and something for others to definitely gain from. And with that, we are at the end of our interview. Thank you so much again yeah. for your time. Any any final closing comments? No, I, it's wonderful to have this opportunity to share these experiences. And I really, really appreciate the opportunity to, to do this with you today. Wonderful, Stephanie. Likewise, thank you again for taking the time and uh, we appreciate you so much. All right, thank you. Thank you.